to the Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Uncle Buck, a.k.a. Big Will, or the other way around, however you please there. I'm Justin, a.k.a. J-Wall, a.k.a. I'm here today. All right. How's it going? A.k.a. Microphone Killer. Uh. So we got a cool phone call we're waiting on right now, so we thought we'd record the intro. Yeah, waiting on uh, the homeboy Dave Davidson, guitarist and vocalist of Revocation, who just released their seventh full-length album, The Outer Ones, on Metal Blade Records to call us. He's also got a new band, Gargoyle, we're going to talk about. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, very. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That's him. <laughs> is someone there? First time we ever tried that like that. Let's see what's, what's going on. Hello. Hey. Hey, Dave. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? It's Big Will. Just uh, red flag. We are recording right now, man. Cool. Do we, it. We tried to do a natural intro, and it worked out really good the way you called, man. I just want to introduce <laughs> you really quick to um, Justin over here. What's going on, Dave? What's up, man? And Tom over there. Yo, man. Thanks for calling in. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, those they're, they're my co-hosts, man. I, I appreciate your calling, Dave, man. I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're very busy. Uh, you, you know, you just released new music with Gargoyle. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, the, the, the lack of the E at the end throws me off, man. What's what's the story with the name, actually? <laughs> uh, you know, it was hard to come up with a name for this project. I, I feel like sometimes coming up with like, names and album titles is like way harder than actual like the music itself. Um, just because people, like, you know, attach so much uh, weight to, to to names and whatnot um so yeah we we kind of went back and forth with some different ideas for names actually the the title of the ep Azomatus, was was going to be the the band name for a while and we were like eh, if we do that we're going to really like put a ceiling on this band because like no one knows like how to pronounce it a or like what the hell it even means so um i was kind of racking my brain for different titles as was luke and then one day I was just taking a walk and it just kind of hit me like the gargoyle kind of popped into my mind um, I, I like it because it's a one word name and, it, and I think one word names can kind of take on whatever sort of connotation you want to put with it you know like 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 Ghost or like Mastodon or even like weird bands like Magma and stuff like it's it's kind of like old thing but it can also be whatever you, you want it, you want to make of it I guess um, and then just looking like a little bit deeper into it I mean just the whole idea of a gargoyle you know being this sort of like ominous stone statue that was meant to kind of like scare people into submission like uh, back, back in the day like uses like to kind of, um, it's a sort of like architecture to kind of control people I think it's like a pervasive fear that kind of permeates like all of society and that still I think ring true uh today luke's lyrics certainly have like a dystopian kind of quality to them uh and they deal with like personal issues for him so i think like on a deeper level it also fits the aesthetic of our, our kind of our sound and everything and, and then we just dropped the e because uh uh you know just to kind of make it like unique and i think there was already like maybe a couple bands that were just called gargoyle that were like sort of inactive and we're like all right if we we dropped the e we're like just further kind of like making it our own um and yeah that's the that's the whole spiel in a nutshell there <laughs> wow man uh yeah a lot a lot going on there man but yeah i, I do like the band name and uh, we you know I, no no seriously man I, I i appreciate the um the description and we you know we I, we all listen to the the two song demo it's two songs correct yes yep and that's with uh luke roberts of i'm gonna pronounce this wrong too i i uh ayahuasca 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 yeah it's like a psychedelic drug getting down yeah 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 i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. surprised I, I wouldn't know that hanging out with the people i hang out with and um uh, and and your and drummer josh park i'm not sure if people would would recognize his name from another project 
He, he's he's uh, in ayahuasca as well. Okay, okay, I didn't realize. And yep. uh, Revolver actually just premiered your your two song demo, and it's streaming on Bandcamp uh, for any listeners that want to check that out. Are you guys planning on going on tour or doing live shows? What's coming up? Yeah, yeah, we got uh, actually a little mini tour that I that I booked myself recently. Uh, we're doing a Boston April third, uh, Philly April fourth, and then Brooklyn April fifth. We're playing Great Scott. Uh, Milk Boy and the Kingsland. Those are the, the three clubs that we're playing. Okay, awesome, man. And, um, you know, also, you just recently uh, released your seventh full-length album. Seventh, right? The Outer Ones? Yes, I think that's number seven, yeah. Yeah, with, uh, with, uh, with Revocation on Metal Blade Records. Um, I wanted to get into that a little bit, man, because it's it's a really, if I don't say so myself, it's kind of like a death metal record. It's very tech death. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, I mean, you... you uh, you know your death metal well, so I appreciate uh, that you, you feel that way. It's certainly for us. I think we felt it was collectively our most sort of death metal record to date. Uh, I mean, certainly Revocation has always had death metal influences, right? I mean, I think that's going back to our first record. There was, there's death metal um, all over like that Empire of the Obscene record, but like there's also like a lot of thrash and you know prog metal or whatever. Um, this one, yeah, we really kind of doubled down on the on the death metal influences um and I, I think it really it paid off we all really enjoy the the, the final product Absolutely, as do I. And I didn't say that to box you in or to disregard uh, death metal influences in your prior releases. Obviously, there's always been that element there. But um, you guys have covered a lot of ground in your uh, in your career, man. That's very safe to say. And um, I, I just feel like with this latest album, uh, especially it's the second album with Ash on drums, correct? Yep. Yeah, and um, I, I don't I don't know. It, there's just there's just something about it that to me, as it's, you know, you know me, I'm I'm like a, a you know a roots death metal grindcore guy, and it really spoke to me. Obviously, you guys kept the the kind of very technical progressive thrash edge. You've always been taking, in my opinion, taking thrash and pushing it in all sorts of different directions and and um, playing with it. And you know, we also wanted to ask you on on that note too. It seems like jazz is. Um, uh, incorporated more like below the surface and i say that with all due respect because there's some bands where maybe they'll have a jazz part or something that just kind of comes in and out like a quick genre switch uh you know production trick uh whereas with revocation it seems like that's more of a uh, like a fundament of, of um of the band is that do you think that's like a conscious effort on your part has that always been something you wanted to express or is that just it comes with the uh, the level of education and, and talent you guys have um well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys can hear those influences. That's awesome. I, I, I think it's more subconscious, hopefully. Like, uh, I guess it's like sort of what you were saying. Like, we try not to be, you know, we don't want to be like too heavy handed with anything or it's like a parlor trick or something like that. You know, it, it, we, we want it to really be like part of the of the fabric of the music and, and have it have those influences be in there in like a cohesive way rather than like, oh, look, here's our jazz part or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we we try to have it. I guess like those ingredients, like all like baked into the cake uh, when we're when we're going into the the, the writing process and, and and crafting the song, so that it, so that it feels honest, so that it feels um, yeah. I think I think cohesive is the, is is the word. So uh, certainly I, I study a lot of that stuff. I mean I went I went to Berkeley and studied jazz there. Um, it's sort of like the main genre that I really sort of work on uh, when. I'm, when I'm home from tour and when I'm when I'm teaching, it's primarily what I'm, what I'm focusing on on most is you know transcribing solos or, or, or working for other transcriptions from the past and just trying to get you know deeper into that into that music because it's such like a different 
vocabulary, but I feel like once you start to get the vocabulary down and, and, and sort of understand it in a bit more of an innate way, um, it, it, it becomes part of your own musical language. And I think that's that's something that I'm constantly striving for and, and working for is just to kind of grow the, you know, my, my, my lexicon of things I can kind of pull from um, so that it, I guess just makes my voice that much more unique at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, mm. I, I would. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with. Comes all. through. It definitely comes through. Yeah, absolutely, oh, thank man. You, thank you. And um, you know, just just kind of digging into that um, that past uh, education. You know, you mentioned Berkeley, uh, and I I saw you you mentioned once in an interview that your your freshman year of Berkeley, you went back and were teaching at your old high school. Yeah, yeah. That um, so I, I went to my first sort of introduction to. To jazz and stuff like that was was in high school. I went to an, an arts high school that uh, had like a guitar program there. I mean, they had they had everything from a dance program to a uh, to visual arts to theater. Um, I obviously was in the music program, so you know, they we weren't uh, doing uh, we weren't learning like really rock or anything like that um, in, in the school. It was it was more of a jazz oriented school, but it was cool because my my guitar teacher, who I'm who I'm still like really close friends with to this day he's like one of my best buds um colin sap shout out to colin um he sort of introduced me to guys like west montgomery and pat martino and on and, and all, all these um different uh, you know heavyweights of of jazz while at the same time he was firmly like kind of grew up as like a rock and metal player too so he was like oh yeah like got like napalm death and, and death angel and like okay by the way we're gonna like learn this west montgomery solo now so um i think sort of him being my mentor and making it cool to kind of like jazz and, and, and I think any genre that's like kind of really heady like that you kind of need someone to sort of hold your hand uh, and, and, and you know get you hip to, to the different artists and, and make you understand like why it's cool and, and why it's worthwhile um, but you know pretty pretty soon into it like you know because I couldn't like read music or anything like that like in the beginning so it was definitely you know like a challenge but once you actually start hearing the lines and, and uh, you know seeing the beauty in the music it was like I was pretty hooked like right away so i was i was in the big band i was in like a you know jazz ensemble like more like like quartet kind of thing um they did a, like a guitar ensemble it was me and like three other guitar players um just like learning solos like note for note and um yeah it really became sort of a, a passion of mine you know while at the same time i was also discovering like tons of, of, of death metal bands and black metal bands and thrash metal bands and this was obviously a very formative period of my life you know being in uh, you know like high school basically like a freshman in high school so i was i was exposed to, to so much stuff kind of like all at once and my while at the same time my brain was like downloading you know x quarter and then dark angel and you know cannibal corpse and morbid angel and like all those death metal bands like kind of absorbing that i was also absorbing you know west montgomery uh pat martino pat Matheny, like jazz guitar players and and uh, you know another um instrumentalists that you know that, that weren't guitar players right like you know piano players and, and whatnot so um yeah it was yeah. uh it was really it was a really cool environment um and the school was like uh like pretty open to just like whatever so like obviously for our performances we it was like all like jazz based but once in a while they would do um they would uh, let, let us have like uh it was like every friday they had like a talent show not a talent show but it was like i forget what they called it but it was basically like the different uh students could like sign up to kind of like perform something that they're working on whether it was a dance piece or a theater piece like outside of the curriculum that we we're working on so i actually did um like perform like in front of like the whole school like all stripped raped and strangled by cannibal court <laughs> and they just like 
totally were like let that what? fly like somehow so i'm like you know, i'm like all right i'm definitely in an art school environment right now yeah the, wow. well not, not art schools today you know you don't like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how yeah, did that work like, how did the kids take on to it like how'd you how'd you approach that how'd you sell them on it uh it was just like hey like you know this is what we're gonna do uh and i, I really didn't have any pushback from it like even like the i think like I had like a good rapport with all my, um, with my teachers and, and with my fellow classmates, and it was just like a really positive like environment. And yeah, it was like I guess it was just like a different time um, back then. <laughs> but like in general, like it, it wasn't like this. Like people were like up in arms over it. It was just like it was more. It was more like everyone was just like come like banging their head and like oh yeah okay Dave like that's, you know, <laughs> let's you know show us what you got kind of thing you know that's it was. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I remember one of the one of the teachers come up to me and was like, she was so beautiful, you had to kill her, huh, Dave? And I was like, I couldn't believe he actually like heard the lyrics oh. I was <laughs> singing. Um, you know, it was like, like young uh, Cookie Monster, uh, you know, Chris Barnes impersonation. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it. Uh, it was it was a trip. But it, everyone had like a good time, and like I said, it was uh, just the school in general. It was just like positive vibes with with everyone kind of being there to do what they they love to do. So um, no one like. Uh, no one took offense to it. Uh, it was more, more just like a, a head banging good time yeah. across the board. Yeah, that, well, that, that's. I actually was going to ask you about that, so I'm really glad you brought that up, man. That's awesome. <laughs> um, you know, while you're speaking about your um, your education uh, at Berkeley and at, at the high school you went to, is there anyone maybe like a peer of yours that was at the school at the same time that we wouldn't associate that went on to do something else in the arts that that made a name for themselves, like uh, anyone that anyone famous or something like that that you knew in school? Uh, well, yeah, um, Diane uh, Guerrero, she's, she uh, uh, was one of my fellow classmates. Uh, she's like like straight up movie star now. She's like, uh, she was on, she got her start on that show Orange is the New Black. Uh, okay. And then oh. since then, she's, she's, she's written books. She's been on The View. She's like in the new Doom Patrol uh, show or whatever. But um, yeah, she's like like legitimately like famous like actress right now so wow all right yeah so um yeah i mean were you like did you know her are you still in touch or anything or uh no we're not really still uh we're not still in touch or anything like that but (laughs) um she was she was always like a like a super sweet girl um very nice and um she uh yeah i lost touch with her and like you know things often happen like when you you know leave high school or whatever but yeah i think yeah, she was like the uh, world and all that you're a busy guy yeah well she's yeah she's super busy she's like in la yeah. or whatever but yeah, uh, right. i know like my, my school um they, they gave me like basically like uh an honorary award uh for like my achievements or whatever like this like past year um it was like some kind of like banquet fundraiser i actually couldn't be there because i was on tour um but my my parents went and i guess you know Diane was like one of like the master of ceremonies or whatever, and you know she ended up talking to my mom or whatever. And was like, oh, I remember Dave, and yeah, you know, kind of like. So I haven't talked to her, but like I, you know, I guess my mom said hi to her like recently, like at just like fundraiser thing. So she seems like she's doing good. And, yeah, more well, power you, to her. If she's, you bumped uh, into her, she'd give you a handshake, right? Good vibes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Sorry, Congratulate her. Uh, you said handshake, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not here to overstep any bounds. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be yeah. like, "Sorry, Dave, I couldn't yeah, give you yeah, the best yeah. riffs in high school award uh, in person, but here it is, you know, <laughs> years later." So. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she did great for herself. So that's that's, that's awesome. You know, and and there's Amazing. another, um, you know, instrumentalists that have, that have gone on to perform with different gospel people and. Um, 
you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of talent that, that came out of that school. I, I felt very fortunate to, 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 you know, have sort of my musical um, upbringing, I guess you could say, like around so many great musicians that came from like, you know, gospel scene, jazz scene. Um, yeah, it was it was it was really inspiring and like and like pushed me to want to get get better because there was there was some really you know monstrous players that were there. A lot of a lot of great drummers, mm-hmm. um, great bass players, great piano players. So it was just like, like I said, it was just like kind of like a positive environment all around. Sounds like, great. Yeah. Uh, no one like no one like vibed me out. Like everyone was like just kind of equal, which was cool. You know, like I would show up to like big band class with like a BC Rich Warlock and a fucking like Necrophagia <laughs> T-shirt on. <laughs> and you know we'd be playing like Sonny Rollins tunes, and it was just like kind of like accepted, like yeah, that's that's Dave. He's like the metal dude who plays jazz or whatever. So, you know. uh, awesome. On that note about being surrounded by talented musicians and that kind of environment, can you talk a little bit about the Boston underground music scene when Revocation or the uh, Cryptic Warning actually your, your your band before Revocation and then Revocation were were in the early years? Because wasn't it there was it was a pretty crazy time back then in Boston in the underground scene, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, do, doing the whole thing in, in high school, you know, playing, uh, you know, jazz uh, competitions and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, that was like a just, you know, one sort of side of my musical personality. I mean, I was really totally entranced uh, and enthralled with the, the, the underground metal scene in Boston at the same time. So constantly going to shows, you know, whether they be at like you know, clubs, like there was there was O'Brien's, which is like a smaller bar. That did metal shows at the time, you know, Great Scott, the Middle East, uh, you know, going out to Worcester to the Palladium for some like bigger metal shows, uh, and then also like being very much a part of like the like the basement scene, right? So like booking house shows or warehouse shows. Um, yeah, I was I was you know a big part of, of that scene, and just just in terms of like my presence in it, like all you know, all, it was like every weekend there was something going on with like a basement show or like like. Um, a club show, so I tried to hit them all. Really, I mean, back in the day, we were, we were going to punk shows, we were going to death metal shows, thrash shows, black metal shows. Um, you know, some some bands that you probably are familiar with. Uh, well, I'm not sure if the other guys are familiar with, but like bands like Goratory. Um, mm-hmm. There's a band called The Pillory that were really cool, like this yeah, weird kind of like yeah. death grind band. Yeah. Um, you know, Sextrament that kind of came from 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 Goratory. I mean, like a lot of bands like. You know, the, the, they just have like a great ear for death metal, like a lot of like natural talent in that scene. So, you know, a band might kind of break up or kind of uh, um, disband for a little while, and then like the members would form something else. So, um, yeah, Sextrament was a band we played with a lot. Uh, as far as like the, the thrash side of things, Random Acts of Violence, they were like a really, really big influence on me growing up. Like, they were one of the bands that, um, I mean, I, I had bands I looked up to that, you know, I was listening to on records, obviously, but they were a band that I looked up to um, as far as like, a, you know, a band in the local scene. I was like, holy shit, these guys are so tight and they're, they're, they're really kind of pushing thrash in some different directions. So they were a band that we played with early on that I always tried to like, you know, emulate my early writing style and try to play with them as much as possible. Um, yeah, I mean, there was just, just a ton of, ton of different bands that were, that were doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, man. And then, you know, moving past that, obviously Revocation um, started touring and, and kind of just kept touring, man. You guys keep a very hectic, busy touring schedule. You're world travelers. Uh, and I know you, you've probably been asked a lot of questions about what you do on tour, crazy stuff that happens. I wanted to ask you about one of my favorite topics real quick. <laughs> What's up with food on tour? 
because I know I know you like to explore uh, different culinary, uh, you know, uh, you know, different cuisines out there in different regions of the world. What's some of the craziest stuff you've eaten? Oh man, craziest stuff I've eaten. Well, well, um, well let's start with something I, I I know from research. Did you or did you not eat raw horse meat in Japan? <laughs> I did eat raw horse meat in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Like off, uh, like off, like, the, like beef tartare. Not off What's the that? bone. Not off the bone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll let you speak. I'm getting Straight excited. Just oh, about no, it. no, no. It was no. It was sliced like uh, sashimi, like kind of like a thinly sliced, like a carpaccio or something like that. So um, <laughs> it, it wasn't really too. I mean, it was like, well, everything raw horse meat, but it was like <laughs> I've had like beef tartare before, so it, it really wasn't that. It wasn't that crazy. Um, I think I've had like uh, I've had like alligator before. Um, what else? I think I even maybe ate like Rocky Mountain oysters, like fried, which uh, for yeah, those dude. of you who are unaware, is this, you know, bull's balls. Um, mm. I don't know. It's like none of that stuff. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, I think it's it's all in how it's prepared, right? So like if it's, if it's something like whether it's like organ meat or this or that, if it's like prepared well, it's it's going to be it's going to be good. And like, I don't know, not to go on like this like moral uh, tirade here, but I think, you know, if you if you eat meat, like it's good to try parts of the animal so that like i mean you know i I get it if certain things like gross people out like i've like i don't know like sometimes like tendon and stuff like that isn't like the most like appetizing thing um but like i think it's good to try different things and have like an open mind so that like you know if you're if you're kind of consume an animal uh you know you're down to not have different parts of it like go to waste right and like at least like you know keep a like i said keep an open mind because you never know you might really like tongue or something like that right like sometimes like you try something and you're like oh you know, tongue just kind of tastes like brisket. You know, like this is this is delicious. So uh, it's good to uh, get to try Fair different enough. things. Yeah, I mean, now speaking of an open mind, have you ever tried brain? Uh, you know what? I don't think I've ever had an opportunity to, to try brain. Um, I've had sweetbreads before, uh, which is like the, the kind of I think maybe has like a texture of brain from what I've heard. Um, sweetbreads is like a, a, a nice word for the the thymus gland of like a of a calf, so like I think actually when a when a calf turns into uh, a full grown you know cow or whatever, it, it, it I think that gland dissolves over time. Like you get it from like a younger kind of cow or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was good. It was in the, in the, like the fancy restaurants. It was prepared really well. It had just kind of like a beefy kind of creamy texture. Hmm. I I've eaten uh, pig brain once. Cause I, okay. uh, I do pig roast and uh, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's okay. It tastes like a, a bacon pate in a way, you know, kind of smears and you know that you went, delicious. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I recommend you try it. It's uh, yeah. My my buddy was really into it. He almost ate the whole thing. But uh, damn, you know. damn. Yeah, I've been doing like a pig roast one time. Um, it's something I think like like a legit pig roast where it's like the whole hog, you know, and it's like right there. Um, you know, it's definitely something magical. I think when you when you cook a whole animal, like all like the different kind of juices, I think kind of like intermingle in like a different way than when you like you know butcher it and like have it you know kind of sectioned off. So oh, absolutely! It was, uh, yes, it was goddamn it, delicious. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange ritual. You know, we used to take off every May first. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. matter what day of the week it was. We took off a May day and we roasted a pig. <clears throat> And, uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we wake up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and get it going. Yeah. Uh, we we yep. play a competitive Jenga for the uh, for the eyeballs, <laughs> or the, the bacon grapes, as we the ba- call them. Yeah, uh, the bacon, bacon grapes. grapes. Yeah. Oh, damn. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to appreciate the entire animal. You know, like you said, if you're going to eat meat, eat all of it. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment, man. And uh, and know where where it comes from and be respectful. You you have a connection to it almost when I think when you see that whole pig roasting, you know, it's like you, you, you have like a respect for like, okay, it's different than just like buying like prepackaged bacon or something like that, right? You're like, oh shit, like this is the whole animal that was once you know, roaming around. So hundred like percent kind of puts things into perspective and hopefully gives you, a, you know, respect for the, the life that was, you know, given so that people could, you know, eat. But I also have the utmost respect for vegetarians and vegans too. And uh, so yeah, I'm no, like very well try said. to eat vegetarian, vegan, like, you know, I don't know, once a week or something like that, a couple times a week, just to try to, mm-hmm. just to try to balance it out. And, you know, so of course. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, I, no, I, nothing against, Vegetarians and vegans. Yeah, of course not. And and I ask that respectfully. Uh, you know, we joke around, but I know you've toured the world a lot, and um, that's the, you know that's something that you uh, you know you, you seek out maybe is to try new experiences, man. Uh, on that note, you can go anywhere in the United States. You want to get the best barbecue? Where do you go? Ooh, that's a that could be a loaded question. No, 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 um, no, not, not <laughs> by state. Lick, like, what's uh, what's the restaurant? What's the restaurant? Like, where are you going, man? Right, uh, uh, so the Salt Lick. Um, in, in I think it's Driftwood, Texas, is really good. Um, I've, I've only been there a couple times. <laughs> they have like a giant like open pit in the middle of the restaurant, and like they like put the barbecue sauce on with like a mop kind of thing, and like they got like the sausages <laughs> hanging up above, and everything just kind of drips <laughs> and seeps into like a mop. You know pit? everything. It's like yeah, it's all like <laughs> marinating right there. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I mean, there's actually a really good spot, a little, little pricey called. Um, Sweet Cheeks in in Boston that, that does uh, that does good barbecue. Blue Ribbon's another good spot in Boston that does good barbecue. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I think for like the whole like kind of experience, like um, yeah, the Salt Lake and in, in, in Driftwood is is pretty sick. There's a place called Franklin Barbecue that I still have yet to go to, um, but that's in like Austin proper, like the like the, the actual city, whereas Driftwood's like maybe 45 minutes outside. Um, but I've never gone to Franklin, but I hear it's like just as good, if not if not better. But it's like there's always like a crazy line there. So like when you're on tour, it's just hard to go to. And like that's a spot where like once they're out, like they're out. So like you know they they sell out everything by like two or three. So it's like kind of impossible to hit up like on tour. I remember trying to go there and uh, not getting the memo about mm-hmm. the line and uh, pretty much just right. walking away, real <laughs> upset. Yeah, yeah, it smelled yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I got a little excited talking about food, and we went off on a tangent. I, you know, maybe another time when I when I see you around at a show, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about food, man. We, but just steering it back, we can go down the Cracker Barrel, man. Yeah, you, you guys know me, all right. Uh, but once the buffet's open, I you know, I, can't all right, stop. come on. But um, you know, steering it back seriously though, uh, your new band Gargoyle. Uh, I think uh, s- some people might be interested to know, to know what kind of guitar and what kind of gear you're using in that band. Like, what's different about that, if anything? Yeah, I'm gonna be. Well, I think in, in general we're gonna be gonna. Uh, it's and there's definitely distortion, obviously, and it's like it's it's got some heavy sounds, but um, I want to try to stay away from playing the warrior with that band. Just just aesthetically, I think, um, I think we're maybe gonna try to go with more like of a Strat, um, maybe Telecaster vibe. At least that's that's what I'm gonna be going with. Uh, I'm not sure what Luke's gonna be playing just yet uh you know we might try to switch it up just in terms of like this the sound of the distortion like maybe go more of like a heavier kind of overdrive rather than like that like maxed out like you know red channel gain on the evh amps but i'm still gonna be using evh 
still going to be using some offshoot of like Jackson or Fender um, for it, but just you know m maybe making it less overtly you know metal and like pointy guitars and and more um, you know kind of like a rock oriented sort of sound and, and look. Yeah, I mean, um, but I'm um, also I'm I'm also trying to maybe bring in some like pedals and stuff like that, like stuff that I wouldn't normally ever think to use with revocation, like you know just like weird stuff. Like I might want to like try out like. Like, like like a pog which is like kind of this like weird octavizer that kind of makes your guitar sound like a synthesizer or like maybe even like cool pedal so trying try to bring some <clears throat> some different uh like different gear choices to the fold like i think it'll start to come out more when we're actually like in the studio like recording the full length whenever we get around to that uh hopefully over the summer at some point but um yeah it, it's definitely we're definitely both open to like experimenting and like bringing in like some like weird sounds that maybe wouldn't be associated with like a death metal band obviously i don't know i think you could pull it off with that warrior because you've uh you've taken that that shape and uh your your pro model that jackson you know you work with jackson on it's, it's classy man like the finish is just Thank awesome you. it's uh yeah i that limited edition one is is gorgeous uh very classy yeah they, they knocked it out of the park yeah they, they killed it on that one like uh Mike Shannon uh, is, the, is one of the master builders at Jackson, and uh, I've become friendly with him over the years. Just doing, like Nam, like the trade show in California, and and and, and chatting with him, and um, dude, like used to build like Randy Rhodes guitars like back in the day. So wow. it's like an honor to have him, uh, you know, building the, the the custom shop ones for me. And the, and the Pro Series ones um, that are made overseas uh, came out really great. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely nothing against the Warrior. It's just more like Gargoyle like is only on six strings, and those Warriors are like seven strings. So just right, like right. practically, um, it doesn't really make sense for me to bring out the, the Warriors for that because um, yeah, it's like where we wouldn't be using the the low seven on it like at all, oh. at least in the we've written so far. Of course, I just uh, I guess uh, more just commenting on how uh, how uh, of an eloquent approach you went with the Warrior shape. Now, I know what you mean, though, with the, the gargoyle stuff. You know, <laughs> might want to tone it back. Shout, you, shout out to Jackson for being uh, very versatile. Yes, yeah. right, right tool for the right job, type of thing. You know. Yep. Now, yep. Uh, um, you know, we're talking about guitar. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, you're somebody. Uh, you know, you teach guitar. You're you're endorsed this and that, um, and you you do teach lessons from time to time uh, on the road as you're touring, right? Yes, I do. Yep. Um, so I, I just want to ask you: Has there ever been like like kind of strange experiences? Like you know, it's a, a weird place you had to cram in and teach a lesson to somebody, or maybe somebody was a little overzealous and, and booked a lesson with you, and and you were like, maybe I should back out of this. You don't have to mention names, but I just wonder if there was anything like that that went a little weird for you. Uh, I mean, it's it's always funny sometimes with with doing lessons at clubs because you you never know like what you're gonna get as far as like the location like sometimes it's like super easy like in a breeze um other times it's like you know we have to like go into like the you know some some weird like corner or, like you know go down some like maze hallway to like you know find like a spot but um i always get it done and and uh, and and the the students that are there are um are, are always great and just sort of like willing to like you know roll with the punches or whatever so it's like sometimes it takes a minute to like find a a location but like I said, we always kind of, uh, we always figured out and have a great lesson uh, at the end of the day. I think one time uh, it was like, I had like a, a few students in Austin, Texas, it was on like Summer Slaughter, and it was an outdoor venue and I didn't realize that. And it was like, 
dead of like dead heat of like summer. So um, it was just super noisy around the venue, and like I was like, all right, like looked up on like my phone, like all right, there's a coffee spot like around the corner. So we like it was like me and like three other um, students just like wandered like you know I don't know a few few blocks away to like this this like coffee shop and was like, hey, if we all order coffee, can we just like post up like outside like and like and, like just teach a lesson like in the shade on this like nice patio here. And they were like, uh, yeah, go for it. So it was just, it was kind of funny. Like there was like other people like just like having their like cup of joe and like, you know, we're talking about like, I don't know, diminished seventh chord arpeggios and stuff like that. Like <laughs> sort of casually shredding in the corner. That's awesome. Yeah, nice background music for them while they sip their coffee, man. <laughs> right, yeah. Might yeah, have yeah. made a fan. A little, little change of pace from like Kenny G or whatever. Yeah. Do, do you ever perform uh, like, you know, um, solo as a jazz musician? Uh, I've done jazz gigs before, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, not as like obviously like nowhere near as much as with uh, with Revocation, but um, there's a there's a great saxophone player in, in Eric Van Dam. Um, I've done some gigs with him before. Um, you know, I'll I'll go and like sit in certain like kind of more like session type things where it's just like kind of like like open, um, just to kind of like play with other people, um, and that's like always always fun, especially like. You know, sometimes like like depending on where you're at, like there'd be some like real monsters that will like just kind of like show up, like you know, and just kind of fit in like on like this casual like hang, and you know, you can play play tunes like jazz. It's like you know, I feel like you get the most out of it when when you're playing with other people, right? You know what I mean? It's like playing along to like backing tracks, like isn't isn't the same. It's like it kind of needs to be this living, breathing, uh, conversational style of music. So yeah, they, they call um, that karaoke. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's, it's it's good when you can kind of like it's it's very interactive. So like, nah, yeah, of course, that you can play with is, is is crucial. But it's something that I definitely uh, you know want to do more. As I said, as I'm like kind of like developing my vocabulary and stuff like that, I want to kind of continue to, to to challenge myself and to get out there and and play. It's just it's just tough because uh, you know revocation tours a lot, and now I've got the gargoyle thing. So um, you know, it's it's just all about like finding the finding the right spots and, and, and finding the, uh, the time to do it. Cause like a lot of those gigs, like, you know, if you're, if you're doing a gig, like, uh, with, with like a jazz thing, it's like kind of like a set thing. Like, okay. Like every, every Monday night you're at this club doing it or like, you know, every second, you know, Thursday of the month you're, you're here. And like, that's kind of like your gig. And like, you know, if, if you get into something like that, where you're gigging like multiple times a week, like people kind of like depend on you to like be the guitar player or the piano player or the drummer like at that gig of course you can get like subs but like you yeah, know it's gonna you, be impossible if you, keep, for you. if you keep subbing it out then like you know eventually you're probably just gonna like lose the gig you know and then it's just like all right well like you know it was fun having you but like you know you just you just canceled the last like five out of five gigs because you were on tour so like i had to get like a more stable replacement kind of thing you know yeah, what i mean yeah, so of course um sometimes that's like an issue but uh you know that I'm looking forward to trying to figure out a way to sort of, uh, you know, when the time is right, maybe maybe juggle something where I can, you know, gig a little bit, even if it's just sort of like one-offs here and there where I get together, uh, you know, with, with, with some homies that, like, you know, happen to be doing a shot or something like that, sitting in or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, and, and uh, on that note, I mean, per, you know, on the note of timing, maybe this isn't the right time to ask this question because you've just embarked uh, on the on this new band, Gargoyle. But are there any plans, or or could fans ever expect maybe one day a Dave Davidson solo album, uh, jazz or otherwise? <laughs> the people you know? want it, man. The people want to hear it. <laughs> no, I, I keep getting asked that question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm definitely uh, something that's on my mind. Um, I guess I just, for me, like I like I enjoy like collaborating with like other people. So like when I heard Luke's band and when, when we played together <clears throat> and I got to meet him, like we just like clicked right away and like had like a lot of similar um, influences. So it was just like, all right, like I wanna I wanna write music with this guy because like like I want him to challenge me, um, and you know and like vice versa and like and we can collaborate together. So um, I've got like d- different sketches of ideas like here and there for for, for some things that like maybe could be like a solo thing for me but um i don't know i, I uh like yeah like like right now i'm just just you know so focused with with revo and and gargoyle and like and also with with revocation like it's sort of you know i started that band like i don't know going on like a decade now so like it's it's been a fun challenge to like you know write the lyrics for like the, on the last like few records and like you know um, uh, I'm writing like a, a, a lot of the material, and then like obviously doing a lot of solos as well. So my time is pretty preoccupied with uh, with that, and then also writing for Gargoyle. So it's definitely a lot on my my plate right now. But but, but hopefully, uh, you know, in the future, like you know, a couple of years down the line, I'll, I can start to think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. And like I said, you know, this obviously isn't the best time for me to ask that question with the new Revocation album and Gargoyle, but I just had to get it out there. I know that's something that, that comes up a lot. You said you've been asked it a lot. Um, now, we talked a lot sure. about, uh, you know, we talked a lot about jazz. We've talked about death metal. Uh, are you, in fact, a fan of hip hop, Dave? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not like, uh, I don't know like a ton of like the underground, but I mean, like, you know, I, I grew up with like a lot of friends that like, you know, listen to like a lot of Biggie, a lot of Tupac, um, a lot of like Wu Tang. It's like one of those things where like, you know, I couldn't like just like recite verses like straight off the top of my head. But like if I heard it when it was on, um, I would like you know like be like you know very familiar with it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, of course. And I, I, don't uh, worry, I'm uh, not going to uh, ask you to recite any verses. Like Eminem, I think. No, no, no. But you know what I mean. Like I'm not, I'm not like this like underground like hip hop like. But, I mean, so, like I definitely do enjoy it. like I said like like Eminem's great um, uh, you know some like the the, the trap app uh, shit is awesome like I'm a fan of like Juicy J um, I like Two Chains uh, his stuff's cool I know Juicy um, J and Three Six Mafia like, is big on on that uh, that that tour van depending who's driving sometimes right with Revocation oh yeah yeah like yeah like uh, you know when Juicy J comes on we can all you know, pretty much like the whole state trippy. <laughs> heavy. Yeah, uh, Danny Danny Gargiulo of um, of your band and mine uh, uh, turned turned me on to Juicy J. Oh, what do we lose him? Okay. Howdy in general. So uh, he's he's always intriguing to me. Uh, sorry, Dave, we lost you there for uh, oh, about ten I was, seconds. I was saying riff rap. I was saying riff riff rap. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, Iceberg Simpson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 he's actually just... he's so you know what's funny, man. I thought he was like a meme for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. zero. I mean, the verdict's still out. But if you like look a little deeper, he can really fucking rap, and he's got yeah. tons of projects with different people. Yeah, this guy I work with put me on all this because I was yeah. clowning oh. on Riff Raff one day, and he was like, "Nah, nah, nah, check this." I guess Riff Raff's got a group with Andy Milanakis. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's just he's just like a like all around like just an entertainer. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I find him to be he was to trying be, to like, be a pro wrestler. Fascinating. And like is everything from his interviews to his thing. He just he's just freaking. He cracks me up. So like that. He's always a, a quality. Uh, you know, <laughs> no follow on Instagram or whatever. No yeah. middle of the mall shit. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, yeah, so, he's got some of the, he's got some of the most outrageous jewelry in the, in the game for sure. Diamonds in his ear, give him brain freeze. <laughs> so, I, I was talking about, uh, you know, I talked about Juicy J, uh, Dan, Dan Gargiulo turning me on to Juicy J, and that's my little segue there because I did want to ask you. You talked about songwriting before. Um, mm -hmm. As different members have come into the fold of Revocation, uh, is it fair to say that they've brought, different, brought in different elements to the songwriting, uh, either in the way you approach it, or maybe they've they've even started uh, uh, adding to the writing? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly with Dan, um, he he contributed, um, you know, a, a really cool addition to our to our sound. Um, you know, he's a very inspiring guitar player um, to work with. He's got great ears and just like a great way he approaches harmony. So um, yeah, he contributes like a couple songs um, to each record now that just yeah, adds like another layer of diversity to our sound. Um, you know, with, with bringing in Ash into the fold too. Um, you know, Ash isn't like, you know, obviously he's not like writing like guitar parts or anything like that, but like his, uh, his approach to drums is really unique. He's got this kind of cool blend of like, um, you know, like the, the, the death and thrash metal sort of stamina and chops, um, but also with like a really solid, firm, like, you know, like prog rock background, like loves bands like, you know, Rush and, and like Frank Zappa. And like, um, he's also like into like, you know, exploring like, you know, jazz and stuff like that. I feel like he's always like on some tip where he's like working on a like different, you know, drum rudiment books or whatever and like learning different types of beats that, that aren't like just like blast beats or, you know, doing double kick really fast. Um, which is obviously, you know, blast beats and double kick is awesome, but it's cool when you can have like a diverse kind of palette to pull from. Certainly with Revocation at least because we're, you know, trying to bring in um, different elements uh, into into the death metal sound. Um, and then, yeah, you know, same thing with Brett too, you know, when he, when he joined the band, like he had like, you know, a background certainly in like, you know, like heavy death metal and stuff like that. But he was also into bands like, you know, like, like Dysrhythmia, um, and like, uh, who else? Um, you know, just like, just, uh, I'm, freaked, I'm blanking on some of the, some of the names here, but, um, his old band like you know there's, there's like kind of post hardcore influences and different stuff just technique wise to like Brett's got this cool like tapping line that he does that he brings into the fold so um yeah i mean i think if you're, if you're working with a band that like where there's you know different levels of like collaboration you know ob obviously like any any new member that you um inject into the into the formula is gonna gonna like mix it up a bit yeah, yeah, and um, you know, looking through the the revocation catalog, if there is by chance some listeners of the podcast that maybe aren't as familiar with revocation, there's so much to get into there. What what in your opinion would be a good jumping off point for somebody who's new to the band? Um, man, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I would just say listen to the new record. You know what I mean? And like, you like go. just like work your way backwards. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's people that would you know rank our <laughs> albums in different ways, but as uh, as a, as a songwriter and you know we're like playing these tunes every day i think like if your new record isn't like your favorite like you know you're probably doing something wrong right or like or something you know weird is happening so for me the outer ones point. i would say is like our our you know kind of ultimate record 
up until this point, and I think it's it touches on all the elements that people probably like from our early records, but just continues to kind of dial them in, make them more sort of razor sharp, and and uh, and it's and it's just like super like aggressive and just like a fun record to listen to. I think. Yeah, I totally agree, and um, you know, I didn't mean to box it in, or um, I, you know, re- I said it reverentially before when I called it a, a death metal or a tech death album. But for me, um, you know, I see it through those eyes, you know, and it's uh, there's there's just some really great, um, uh, de- you know, death metal influences that I could tell. Uh, you, you again, you guys are still kind of wearing this technical and progressive thrash metal uh, uh, pioneering direction on your sleeve. With uh, with that being said. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're very busy. We usually ask people, I'm going to put you on the spot uh, a little bit, but we ask people to recommend one newer release and one older release by other musicians that are kind of underrated and that maybe the listeners uh, should, should go try and check out. Sure, sure. Um, uh, that new horrendous record that came out yeah. uh, this year was really cool. Mm-hmm. Idol, um, right? It's called Idol. Yeah. Idol, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oof, that's a good record. Um, they're they're a band that just sort of you know sort of keep rising through the through the ranks, um, and uh, you know they've, they've got like a, definitely like a really interesting take. It's it has like that old school sort of death metal you know aesthetic, obviously, but mm-hmm. like you know with some with some definitely some modern playing in there, and they and they really just deliver live. Um, I saw them a couple of months back, and they really just like blew me away with the energy and just the the passion that they were playing with. So it's always nice to see the the young younger dudes like kind of coming into their own and like developing their sound um one more band i'll just throw out there there's a band called moss upon the skull um they're super sick i think they're on i void hanger records um i think the album's called inventional reverence or something um it's they're like a weird like uh <laughs> i think the story behind that band is like they're like a kind of like back to nature like kind of like death metal band like one with like the i don't know forest or something i'm probably like okay that all up okay. but like I, i'm in that was kind of like the vibe i got at least right. from like the little snippet that i maybe read about them um but like the the music is like super cool like the guitar tones like sick it almost has like kind of like a lower gain kind of thing like um but like the r- riffs are like just super deadly and like uh just this the whole vibe is, is is really right so um that's definitely a cool record to uh to check out as well as far as some maybe like a lesser known like really underground death metal band Moss Upon the Skull. I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and w- and what's just something uh, uh, an ancient old school release that kind of got left uh, the band the band hasn't reunited and played MDF yet. You know that maybe some people <laughs> should get into. Um, can I can I do like a non metal absolutely uh, absolutely release? Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. There's there's uh like actually like there was like this uh, John Coltrane uh, record that came out pretty recently. Um, it's it's called Both Directions at Once. It's like the it's the, like a, a lost recording. Like it's, it's it's literally called the lost album or whatever. Um, I, I don't I, I don't know the exact story behind it, but I mean it must have been like you know someone had these like master tapes uh, that was just like sitting somewhere like some old record executive's office or something like that. And uh, I guess like the, the Coltrane family like kind of unearthed them and, and put it out. But it's uh it's really awesome record with just like tons of vibe and um coltrane's obviously amazing and the whole band is just like super sick just mccoy tyner the piano player is just, like, ripping it on there um so that would be like uh if you're looking to kind of check out a cool sort of album that was literally sort of you know forgotten mm. uh both directions at once the lost album by john coltrane do you know if that had anything to do with flying lotus 
Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, because he's yeah. Um, Nancy Coltrane's nephew. You know, uh-huh. he's, he's a the hip hop dude, uh, killer mm-hmm. killer like you know, psych beats and shit. And I know he samples a lot of their stuff and does like archiving and shit with them. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I forget the story exactly, but I, I I think it was something where it was like, you know, like I, th- I think they just it's maybe someone was like selling an office space or something like that, or they were like liquidating stuff, uh-huh. and it was like, oh, what what, what is this? And they just like kind of like. You know, wow. pulled it out and discovered it, and we're like, "Oh shit!" Or maybe it was something that was just been archived for a while, and they were just kind of waiting for the time to be right. You know, it's like, um, it's always interesting those sort of like hidden gems from the like those recordings from back in the day. Like, I feel like you don't really get that any anymore. You know, it's like at least at least in like the metal world, it's like you know you you have your ten songs, you know you you record them, uh, and that's and that's you know pretty much it. Like everything that you're rehearsing like winds up on the record for the most part. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, I feel like back in the day, like, dudes were, like, kind of constantly going into the studio to record sessions or, like, you know, having engineers out with them on the road. And they were, like, kind of bootlegging stuff. And, like, you know, some some of those recordings, who, who knows, like, what amazing recordings have just been, like, completely lost to the to the sands of time. Which, yeah. uh, you know, is a, uh, I guess, a, a lesson that, you know, people need to go experience live music because you never know if uh, the grid's going to go down. You're going to lose fucking Spotify. So Ooh, go, go see some shit live, you know? Wow, I love that. That's I, I agree. That's what a great sentiment, man. Um, and and what a, what a great note uh, to end on here. Because as I said, Dave, we do want to be respectful of your time tonight. Um, is there anything else that you just want to say to the listeners? Anything you want to plug? Anything coming up with uh, either of your bands? Anything like that? Uh, sure. Um, well, first of all, thanks so much for, for the for the great interview, guys. It's, it's always uh, it's always great chatting with you. Well, and uh, it was nice to chat with you other guys too awesome questions uh, appreciate the depth i was actually surprised by the the level of, of depth you went into with like the, the horse meat and uh <laughs> you know your questions of the like so, the heavy hole gets uh, heavy man Intimate yeah around. yeah we went deep in that hole so Intimate. i appreciate it right. um, it's, it's the internet Gargoyle, age, man. azomatis ep um it's out now it's actually out now across all um platforms you know if you want to support us we're not on a label so uh if you, if you purchase the um album on or the ep on uh, Bandcamp, you know, all the money goes directly to us. It's going to fund all of our future endeavors, like tours and stuff like that. We do have a few shows coming up. We're going to be playing uh, April 3rd in Boston at Great Scott, April 4th, Milk Boy in Philly, April 5th, Kingsland in Brooklyn. Uh, and then shortly after that, Revocation is going to be going on tour on the Chaos and Carnage run. Um, tons of great bands on that package. It's kind of like a springtime, sort of summer slaughter style festival, kind of traveling festival tour. Um, and then, yeah, after that, probably, hopefully, record some Gargoyle stuff in the summer. And then we've got a really awesome tour for Revocation coming up in the fall that I wish I could announce, but I can't <laughs> just yet. But it's going to be it's gonna be really something. So, I'll, uh, I'll yeah, ask Danny. Stay tuned for all that stuff. <laughs> I, awesome. I'm going I'm to go ask Danny about that tour. Don't worry. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> okay, yeah. Keep it to yourself. Boys. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, but but uh, seriously, though, Dave, we appreciate your time so much, man. Thanks a lot. Have a great night, and uh, enjoy everything you're doing with the bands that you just talked about, man. Thank you so much. Pleasure with all mine, guys. Really appreciate the interview. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Cheers, brother. Take care. Cheers.
before we get into our album reviews or uh, recommendations, rather, mm. going to do a little listener feedback. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. So uh, first thing we're going to do is play a voicemail that we got. Mm-hmm. Not from my mom, right? Could be, Will. Could be. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Will, Tom. This is uh, Shane calling from Queens. Hello, Big Shane. Big fan of the podcast so far. Just figured I'd call in with a suggestion. An album that came out earlier this year. It's called uh, Reign of the Odious by Musmahu, which is M-U-S-M-A-H-H-U. That's the name of the band, and Reign of the Odious. Uh, excellent kind of black and death. Uh, reminds me of that band, Adversarial, which I actually discovered uh, from, from your podcast a few episodes ago. All right, check it out. Thanks. Later. Thanks, Shane. Yeah, appreciate the call-ins. Uh, Shane, that is the ideal voicemail length and yeah. format. Uh, so Shane just set the bar. Good guy, Shane, right there. Be Nailed like Shane. Nailed like shout, Shane. Shout out to Shane, man. If that's, if that's the Shane, I believe it is. Uh, a guy I've spoken to once or twice at uh, at shows, uh, you know, comes out to a lot of local death metal shows here in New York, man. So shout out to Shane. Thank you for the support and for the recommendation. Yeah, so we got uh, Musmahu. Uh, I did check out this album. It's pretty awesome. Reign of Odious. Reign as in Reign of Blood, not in uh, Singing in the Rain. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. To yes. Rain. Yeah, this is cool. I definitely recommend our listeners check this out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I you know, I haven't heard this yet. Uh, you just you put me on the spot with this, but no, it's okay. Sounds man. pretty fucking sick. Blackens for sure. Yes, those drums sound great, man. I love the I love the clang on those cymbals, man. I really only got through about three quarters of the album with the time I had today, but everything I heard was solid. I really like this production. I like the uh, the guitar tone a lot. I like the blackened influence that goes on here. It's fast. I like fast. Always have speed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm only getting a little sample here, but I'm really loving the drama. They're, they're, they're building things up. Great. Absolutely. Oh, listen to those drums. Yeah, right? Love those drums. Giant Tom in a warehouse. Yeah. Oh, come oh. on. This is cool shit. Yeah. There you go. Give it that space. Thank you. <laughs> Bing bong. Shane's right. Shane did it.
it's album time. Mm. Let's talk about some new shit and some old shit. Who's up? Well, let's go first. I'll go first. All right, cool. What do you got? Check it out. Glacial Tomb. Glacial Tomb. Self-titled album. I like I'm thinking of a woolly mammoth. The album's called Glacial Tomb. Wow, I after, like that name. After the back, Glacial Tomb. Yeah, yeah. They, they might know each other. Oh my god, I'm sorry. What's going on oh, with this fantastic. band? It's fantastic. I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say much about these from now on. I'm gonna just gonna say I like this a lot. So we got Glacial Tomb, the album mm. Glacial Tomb came out late 2018 off Gilead Media, uh, featuring Ben Hutchardson from the band Chemis. All right, K Chemis Glacial Tomb. I really like uh, the name. Oof, man, I I, I love uh, most things about this record. A great mix of uh, death metal, hardcore, a little sludgy. Uh, I say this sound uh, as you as you listen through the record, kissed by melody, kissed mm. by a little fucking melodic death metal in there. Um, Members of Kiss in the band, or <laughs> oh. we can only we can oh, only wish. Oh boy, see so much. My rope. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so much oh. in it. Um, I, I love this band because they kind of push and pull genres a little bit, and they'll give you a quick glimpse of post-hardcore, just a, a little bit of a like huge melodic death metal, even a little bit of kind of an ambient sort of slow down kind of sludge sound, and they always manage to like pick it back up into this this really grinded death metal for, uh, just just when you think it's kind of uh, you know off the rails a little bit. Um, Man, uh, the the, the tr- this this for the the first track we're listening to right now, uh, Monolos, Monolux, Monolithos, Monolithos. That's right. Um, I'm digging <laughs> it. I also really like this all, uh, album art, by the way. But we can go for sure. Yeah, later. for sure. Um, we'll post that on the social media so everybody can kind of get a uh, get a feel for it. And uh, really amazing death metal record. As you as you get into it. Uh, Flashes of, uh, of, uh, of of heavy driving punky D beat, and uh, mm. it's just kind of like a just beautiful presence as you go through, man. The way this 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 band kind of blends genres. Um, everybody, check it out, Glacial Tomb. Cool riffs. Uh, I like everything I hear so far. This is really good, powerful. Yeah, Glacial Tomb. The name, man. Fiction <laughs> yeah. like mammoths stuck in the ice, you know. Yeah. It's like Ice Age, you know? Little, yeah. Little squirrel. <laughs> but it's like, you know, got the Black Plague, something metal on it, you know? Yeah. It's not an acorn, it's just Ooh. a down-tune riff. I love that riff. I love that guitar sound. It's okay. sounding good in there. What do you got? All right. I got a split tonight. I got the Putrevor Grim Fate split, released February 12th, 2019. 
which is on Bandcamp right now for the low, low price of 666 euros through Seed of Doom <laughs> Records. <laughs> so I usually buy the music, but I just don't have that kind of cash right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have it on vinyl too, but uh, yeah, I wasn't going to rush it from overseas. Oh, well, you, now, now you said the magic word, man. I might have to go home and check that out, man. Vinyl. The Putrivore is why I'm here. I li- the Grim Fate track is pretty cool. It's one song from each. The Grim Fate kind of loses me at some point, but the one Putrivore track I'm here is killer. And I also did a little research into Putrivore. You know them? No, I'm, I'm a big fan of the name. Yeah. <laughs> Great name. What's up with them? I, I immediately thought of uh, Rotrevor, which you introduced me to. Yeah, of course. That's the first thing that popped into my head. And I said, shit, somebody used Vor. Now I can't use it. <laughs> but, uh, but no, a great, great, uh, great name. And it's pretty much exactly what Biolich did to Demolich with, with naming our band. If, in fact, Putrevor got the name from them, which, you know, is alleged at this point. So <laughs> proceed. I, I'm going to go with possibly. Uh, <laughs> they did release an album in 2018 called Macabre Kingdom, and it's awesome. It's really good, but this is the newer release, so wanted to bring this out. And uh, I also want to shout that one out, Macabre Kingdom. Get I'm, on that shit. I'm picturing a theme park run by the members of the band Macabre. <laughs> like a serial killer <laughs> theme, not a family environment. No, but, no. But, um, but yeah, but, but, but go on, man. What's up with Putrevor, man? So there's a mastermind behind this band, and his name is Raga Johansson. What's going on, Okay, man? so this dude... Really interesting. I had no idea. I've never heard of the guy. Okay. Um, I bet you Polo might, might know him. Might know. I feel like yeah. he would. Do you know Paganizer? I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah definitely heard the name. That, uh-huh. that was one of one of the bands that he's in that he also writes everything for. Okay. Um, I also, same boat as you, I have heard of the name. I never heard them. I also checked them out. That was pretty cool. But this guy's in like three dozen bands. Okay. And he is just writing brutal grindy or old school death metal at all times. I, I counted I counted uh, 30 or something on his encyclopedia metal of, you know, doing work. You know, I skimmed through a few. We got a Rib Spreader, Down Among Dead Men, Mega Scavenger, Necrogod, and the Paganizer were ones I had checked out. And I gotta say, if you like this, check out this this world that this dude, uh, Raga Johansson's got going on. He seems okay. like he's a hardworking individual. From where again? I believe he was from Netherlands. We're going to fact check that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rotterdam. See? We just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real time. What a terrifying riff. Right? This guy's got some uh, experience under him. I got to explore, uh, like you said, this guy's catalog. Oh. And uh, what other bands he's involved in, as well as Putrevor. Yeah. And also the Grim... I, I, don't, I didn't really look into the Grim Fate so, so much. We'll see where they go. You know, I'll keep my eye on them. Like I said, I kind of they kind of lost my attention compared to the energy of the last one, but you know, who knows where they are in their career. Split releases can be very tough when you're very excited about one band because it's almost like the other band doesn't have a chance after you get so excited about the first band sometimes. You yeah. know, they could be a very good very good band and maybe under other circumstances you'd like them, but it's like let me check out this new band, but first let me listen to three songs by this new band I like more first. You know what I mean? You're kind of setting yourself up unless it's two really good bands. So split, right. splits can be tricky, man. Absolutely. And then also the production value stuff. If you have True. one band that, that um, just kind of pops a little bit more in the production, you know? Um, oh, yeah even, yeah. even if you're into really dirty stuff, if you get your ears custom to one sound and then the next one comes in... You might be a little less partial on it. It's a little lopsided. I remember when I used to do a little bit more of the tape trading and collecting from tape uh, labels and stuff. 
sometimes you'd get a split tape and it would be like the one band has like some you know at least something like loud and like you know bombastic production to it and then the next band it's way lower in volume and it's like mm-hmm. a boombox rehearsal tape you know what I mean? You know, lose the energy a little bit, man. Yeah. On a, right. on a split, you're either the Shawn Michaels or you're the Marty Jannetty. Love it. Mm. Love the wrestling reference. That's yeah, you're beautiful. right. You're right, man. And um, there's a lot of parallels with splits and pro wrestling. It's like when you're when you're the the band that's doing the split, you want to be like the wrestler that's coming out on top. You know, you want to choose your, the other band wisely. Yeah, you you know? can only hope that yeah. you're the you're the the Bradshaw and the Farouk. You know, two guys, fantastic singles careers, but sometimes. You're the hawk. Sometimes you're the hawk and you die of alcoholism, and sometimes you're the animal and you start a Christian church. Keep your uh, your ears peeled for uh, our special heavy hole wrestling episode that we are planning behind the scenes. Yeah, that might be uh, more than one episode, but like Will said, so uh, so we got the Putrevor Brimfate split. Check it out. It's on Bandcamp. Stream it or buy the vinyl because there's no other good way to listen to it. You're not spending 666 euros on a digital copy. No way. Maybe 30 CDs. Sounds like a gimmick. If you were insane. But no one's this insane. The the verdicts, you know, who knows, man? They, somebody might be that insane. We'll see. Dude, these aren't Twitch streamers with boobies. It just doesn't work like that. True. If you throw one pair of tits in this band, maybe we have something else to talk about. But, oh, I mean, I, uh, I'm not going to touch that. Throw a fucking, uh, yeah. Throw a meal subscription service, uh, you know. In there, yeah, where you get meals for a month or two. Now, now that I would touch. Yeah. And then I'll now, buy your see, album. Now, yeah. see, now you're talking my language, we, man. We could be on to six euros. <laughs> I might scrounge that up for a couple of meals and see what's up. <laughs> Talk to Dave Davidson, get some of that raw horse meat in there. Now we're really talking, Playboy. Come on. All right, so all right, Putrevor, peep them. Come on, Let's do it. thank you, Grim Face. My uh, fairly new recording that I brought to the table tonight, uh, literally brought to the table. Hear, hear that that fresh jewel case open on that CD. This is uh, Blasphemous with their album Emerging Through Fire, which came out last year, 2018, on Horror, Pain, Gore, Death Productions. Um, I'm going straight old school tonight with both of my choices. You're going to have to wait a minute for my, uh, my older pick. But yeah, this is fucking awesome. Old school death metal from Pennsylvania. My buddy Ron Kaiser 
uh, on vocals, man. A uh, good guy from down there. Uh, he brought Buckshot Facelift down one time, and we played with Blasphemous and a few other local bands down there for actually for his birthday party, if I'm not mistaken, man. And they just kind of put us uh, put us on the bill, paid us good, man. We drank great, and um, we got to watch Blasphemous play. And uh, they, they bring it live, and um, they recently came out with this album. Uh, I got, got it from Ron at the show. Um, before I get into the awesome artwork that I love, this is just really great raw old school shit from old school dudes. Uh, it's fairly no frills, man. It's fucking death metal. You know, it's just that that kind of flavor of old school death metal we've all come to love. It's, it's I wouldn't even call it retro or nostalgic like a lot of the bands nowadays that are coming out because these are guys uh, that grew up on this stuff, and I think they're just trying to keep it real and play music they love, and that really shows, man. There's some more modern touches here and there in the songwriting. Drums are on point, but um, for the most part, man, this is just really great old-school raw death metal that, that I love. It's not trying too hard to be old-school either. There's nothing really try-hard about this writing. It seems really natural. Like you said, this is these guys have been around a while, so they're not emulating. They're just using the experience to write. Yeah, man, and um, and and talking about the cover art, um, I really love this cover art. It's kind of like comic book style in a way, man. There's this really cool, uh, like a fire taking over the sky and a big like horned skeleton creature, and a, you know, it's it's like you know, very traditional metal release, but the kind of comic book feel that it has uh, makes it the the figures kind of reminded me of, of not the color or anything, but the figures remind me of traditional Japanese art. You ever see like those really creepy Japanese um, the demons, yeah, the, the yeah. demon pa paintings and stuff? Okay, like, yeah, okay, I can see that, it's man. A, yeah, it's not rendered like one or anything, but I, you just just the way the creature's hand is up, and then you got this, you know, person on the mountain going, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say, I, I, I would love to get this on vinyl with a nice big cover, man, because uh, it reminds me kind of like a, some of those 80s metal album covers, mm. you know, oh, bands like uh, like like Grim Reaper or, you know, even the old Iron Maiden album covers, mm. man, you know, really cool shit, it's man. Over the top, uh, drawing into that fra that fantasy, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that uh... And that like I said... You know, there's just beyond the old school. There's like they're not they're not they're not stuck in the old school. They're not they're not uh, they're not they're, they didn't start the band I guess with the intention like let's sound like old school. They, you know, these are just regular old school guys playing fucking death metal from the heart. And I guess maybe I have a special attachment because I saw them live for the first time. I love it when I hear a band for the first time by seeing them live. So I would recommend it, man. They're from Pennsylvania. I don't know if they get on the road uh, much. Uh, I, you know, I would have to ask Ron that. But definitely look for Blasphemous from Pennsylvania if you love that raw old school shit from the heart, man. Love it. So crunchy. You know? Yeah, it's tight performance, raw production. Kick drum is just abusive, though. Drums are flying. Pummeling. Inside. Really tight, modern uh, kind of drummer, like, like pulls it all together, man. It's great.
All right, Justin, what you got for mm. us for the oldies? Oh man, one of my favorite old school, te- uh, not even old school, just my favorite old, like early two thousands tech death, you know, bands. Uh, Severed Savior, mm. uh, Brutality is Law. It's the, I, I believe it's their second full length, or their, you know, they had a, maybe they had a long EP before this, uh, um, but March two thousand three, uh, off Unique Leader. Punishing fucking American tech death from from Bay Area, California. Uh, some weird shit going on, in, like in that Bay Area. You know, I feel like it's almost an extension of uh, of that Bay Area thrash from the eighties. From like, the California almonds, man. <laughs> when you need them, metal running deep out there in the some, waters. Something yeah. happened, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I really dig this band. I, I think they're uh, they're one of the strongest on Unique Leader around this time. You know. Uh, Right up there with Deeds of Flesh, and um, you know, members of this band have touched a lot of really, really other amazing bands. Um, uh, Otis Mortem, uh, Mummification, um, uh, Carnivorous, really, really cool band, and uh, Artificial Brain. Yeah, uh, Oleg Zolman, um, uh, one of our guitar players for Artificial Brain, uh, he did a, a live run. He did a tour with Severed Savior on guitar. Uh, that was, I think, that was probably his like his resume thing um, before he he came into Artificial Brain and he, he started performing live uh, when uh, Danny couldn't make shows uh, with us. And over the years, he's become uh, a key member of the band. Excellent driver. Whenever you need someone to back up the van, you know, Oleg's there with you, man. But yeah, he, he got uh, yeah. his start uh, on on uh, on uh, Severed, Severed Savior tour playing guitar when he was very young, man. I wish uh, I wish I was a little better prepared because uh, I, I could ask him a few questions about that, but hopefully we can get him on the podcast uh, one day. For sure. Uh, yeah, I, I lo- What I like about Severed Savior too, man, is I, I think they draw a little bit closer comparison to... Um, to some of the more like slam bands, you know, some of the more like like uh, you know like like gore slam bands like Pyrexia, um, like it, it, that you can just see like like uh, splashed out. In the, it's still super tech, but like there'll be little breaks or whatever, and uh, it's got that groove, you know, that that sort of like down tempo groove. And, yeah, that like and then. the chugging power chord kind sure. of thing they push through. Um, yeah, not really doing the breakdown, the slam though. Yeah, you know? man, they got a little East Coast flavor every once in a while, man. They mix yeah. it up, you know. Yeah, uh, they say this band is still active, but you know, let's see what they got coming up next. And it's a bit of a mystery, like a lot about about this band. There's a lot of members have come and gone and um, and poked up in different places, but uh, but I think these releases are solid, man. And they're they're, they're tech tech death, brutal tech death staples. Sounds like I got to tap my buddy Oleg, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to crack through some of the mystery here for sure behind Severed Savior but yeah great album great release uh, classic unique leader records release that's right anyone who's a fan of like Deeds of Flesh Vile you know that that sort of thing man this is a great banger right here and one that maybe is I think a little underappreciated a little underrated you don't always hear these guys name come up I I think they almost got overshadowed by Deeds a little bit you know yeah I can see that that I can see that roster and uh hey man there's uh, no lack of quality here Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm excellent
What do you got today for your, for your classic? Oh, uh, I have one that uh, you guys are familiar with. What a great Oh, idea. yeah, this is great, man. Yeah, I, I got the uh, the third release, unfortunately, the final one of uh, Oppressor. Uh, their album, Elements of Corrosion, released August 11th, 1998, on Olympic Records. Mm, great album, man. I love this. Uh, th- yes. This brings back a lot of memories for me. I used to listen to this hard. Yeah, this is uh, this is a really killer album. I, I've been listening. I found it like a couple of years ago, and uh, it's it's been a regular rotation. All about it. Um, I definitely see this band being an influence to some of the more modern tech deck death in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say tech deck? I did say tech deck by accident. Yeah, so sick. on my little fingerboards. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, this 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 album has a lot of sentimental, nostalgic value to me, man. And I I've been listening to it since it came out in '98. Uh, shout out to Paul Tavora, who was the guitarist of my first band, Cursed Earth, and he uh, he also uh, he we wasn't dehumanized. He did a stint dehumanized, and I believe he did appear on their second album. Um, but uh, he uh, taped me uh, this album, and uh, I think E Town Concrete's Time to Shine, Cryptopsy's Whisper Supremacy, on one of those old ninety minute uh, blank tapes, man, back in the nineties. I still got it in my house, and uh, I, I wore this this side of it out, man. This was so fucking great, and this is. I believe uh, Oppressor was from Chicago. Yes. Um, and they have a little bit of a, of a Broken Hope vibe, especially like later Broken Hope. There's there's a lot of parallels in the production and the songwriting and the in the choice of um, like riffs and stuff. It's yeah. A uh, few guys from this band when they broke up worked with uh, one of the dudes from Broken Hope and made another band. And I'm Soil, I think yeah, it was Soil. Yeah, 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 more of like a kind of, I think it was like more of a grunge. Yeah, it was a little commercial more commercial element. Yeah. Type of, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, Oppressor is such a great band, and especially for people who want to go down that broken hope uh, uh, hole, and 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 maybe the even like modern day, like when you talk about uh, Tech Death, Obscura, um, Necrophagist, even bands like Defeated Sandy or, or Wormed, you know, um, Broken Hope and Oppressor are also great relics from the '90s that you can get in. Broken Hope, of course, still around now uh, with a revamped lineup of great material they're putting out, but some of that stuff from the late '90s. Uh, Broken Hope, um, I think, was probably one of the first death metal bands to record an album digitally. They were ninety-one. I forget yeah. the name of the album, but yeah, I, I don't know what I, maybe Swampton Gore. I, um, I just read it recently. I'm, I am terrible with album names. I should probably get on that a little better since I have a podcast. About yeah, well, albums I usually have it all written out in front of me, man. But um, digital. Yeah, yeah. Broken Hope. We, we could do a whole podcast on Broken Hope and the late Joe Tassic, man. But um, you know, not not to talk about them all the time, but this just Oppressor is kind of an underrated band um, that doesn't come up as much. And for people who are into that Broken Hope and that tech, that early tech death sound, this is something great to get into. Mm-hmm. All their albums are wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, this band was around for, they were around, uh, they started in 91 and they went till 99 and they're probably one of the only bands in this kind of music with no lineup changes from there you go from, uh, front to front to end there at the end uh, front to end so uh, it was a short lived run but it seems like an honest one you know yeah, working man. with the same guys and you're putting out really brutal shit all the way through congratulations all dudes. in you're, uh, you're a rare breed and uh, everyone at home listen to this album and all the other albums uh, Oppressors Elements of Corrosion and stylistically, I'm going to go on a limb here. Some of my, uh, you know, OG guttural death metal people might disagree, but I would consider Oppressor kind of like the, 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 the sonic uh, missing link between Broken Hope and Flesh Grind. 
Um, that's just my opinion, man, because bro, because oppressor just kind of what Broken Hope took it to a place that was very technical and very clean and precise in their last few albums of the '90s. Oppressor did was very precise and clean, but they 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 were a little chunkier, a little more raw, a little more hitting you over the head, you know, pit bull biting you type style, man. I kind of heard like it, it, th- that's if I had to throw an analogy out there, I hear this like very different song style structure but an approach similar to older Dying Fetus. I was just going to say, yeah, somebody, yeah, a band yeah. that we haven't really talked about for no reason at all. Yeah. Uh, we're we're yeah. going to talk a lot about Dying Fetus. At some I point. know what you mean, that that really thick, clunky drum sound mm-hmm. with those very, you know, pristine, clean guitar like sweeps or whatever whatever you guys call them. Even just yeah, the, yeah. the riff style, the, the, the approach to writing these riffs, like, it, yeah, it sounds like very old Dying Fetus, like the, yeah. the start-stop of it, the tech of it, and then into that bounce, you know? Yeah. Fair enough, man. But, I, but, but, yeah, what you were saying about, uh, I didn't, I didn't think about the uh, the flesh grind. Well, that almost, I mean, Dying Fetus, too, could, you know, you could describe them as, as maybe like that, that bridge between the brutal guttural underground death metal of the 90s and the, and the more tech death stuff. You know, Dying Fetus, you know, technical in their own right, you know, depending what album you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Wow, good good pick, Fetus man. You, you, really, you really got me open with this one. Oh, oh yeah. Oppressor. I was kind of sitting on this one for a while. I was I was honestly going to bring this in for the first episode, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I just want to let it stew. Spin it a few more times. Good album. Again, bring in the CD. I'm learning from Paulo here. I'm bringing the physical copy. Listen to that wonderful jewel case. I got this uh, creator with a K, Extreme Aggression, their fourth album. Uh, it came out in 1989 on uh, Noise International Records, if I'm not mistaken there. And um, this album, gr- uh, great band, first of all, if you're not familiar with Creator. I'm, I'm late to the game on Creator as well, because when I got into metal, I was more of the Iron Maiden, uh, Pantera, like commercial, bigger metal bands, and then I went straight underground brutal death metal and grindcore when I met my buddy Adam. So I skipped a lot of those early... Uh, thrash albums that are kind of like the uh, the segue between heavy metal and thrash metal and death metal and black metal. Creator, one of the big three uh, German thrash metal bands. Um, if I got if I got all that straight, you know, in my doing my homework, Creator, Destruction, and Sodom uh, are like the three big German thrash bands. A lot of people follow, and you hear them cited a lot as an influence for maybe some of the uh, 
the second wave black metal, like the Norwegian black metal and the European black metal that was coming out in the 90s. You hear a lot of those uh, German thrash bands because yeah. maybe they were a little dirtier, vocals a little bit, you know, uh, grimier than the American. They were, yeah, they were four. definitely darker, you yeah. know, over here. I mean, Slayer was dark, but some of the other stuff, you know, Megadeth was somewhat proggy, and then you had Anthrax mm-hmm. happening, and that was, you know, more fun sneaker metal shit, you know? Yeah, the big four, much respect to the big, the, the American big four, uh, you know, I, I could talk about them, but I'm here to talk about Creator. I, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan. If I had to choose, I'm a bigger fan of the German thrash uh, stylistically. I, obviously, as a death metal and black metal and grindcore fan, um, that, you know, it makes sense. But this album in particular, Extreme Aggression, was the first Creator album that I heard. Uh, I love the production. I love the performance. It's fucking airtight. The drum sound is... It, 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 it's hard to even believe that this was recorded in 89 when you listen to it because it sounds, uh, you know, mid-90s maybe. Or, you know, you could even... if. If you twisted my arm, I would even say, uh, you know, 2000s or today because it's so airtight and the performance is great. Vocals are awesome. And something great about this is when you listen to it, you can hear a little bit. Maybe it's just my kind of twisted perception of it because I heard a lot of that second wave black metal first. I, You know, um, Gorgoroth, Marduk. Emperor, Mayhem, uh, you know, all these bands that everybody, you know, the big names, you know, and I'm not the biggest black metal guy, so don't tear me apart on the social media, but uh, you hear a little bit of that in, in this Creator album, and some of the vocals and the guitars, and it's just, uh, even the drum sound, you know, um, it, it's really great to hear kind of like the, the backstory to, to where that music comes from, and where a lot of black metal was influenced later on in the 90s, man. This Creator album is great, uh, really good thrash. If you're someone like me who maybe got into more extreme styles of music and and th- you know because of whatever you came up in and when you were born i think that creator and the german thrash bands like sodom and destruction are a great place to start your thrash journey and then uh, expand beyond that you know so i, I can't say enough uh, great things about creator and i would like to talk about destruction and sodom on future uh, editions man and get get this get this thrash conversation really popping man oh yeah i'm so, into that, yeah we should uh, we should do a um comparison epi- uh, episode about eastern western of the Atlantic thrash scenes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I almost think, like, the uh, the Americans' sort of counterpart to creator is, like, Testament. You know, I feel like Testament was, like, a super, like a way, like, heavier, you know, not considered part of the big four, but they were, like, a close... They are like, right under there and kind of should have been. Great band. I love Testament. And, and, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. They're they're more in the darker area yeah. that I would put creator in, but they're right Yeah, there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, Will, what, you're, what you were just saying, though, about how, like, you kind of skipped this stuff, I, I'm guilty of the same thing. We, I mean, it's all it's all the era you're born in. I, I think a lot. I'm surprised sometimes I'll be in conversation with younger people at shows, and I'll mention a band, and I think everyone knows it, and they haven't heard of it. You know, it's all in in what what, what era you're born in, what you come up in, and the people who you're hanging out with, what they listen to, man. You know, absolutely. How are the riffs? Are the riffs good? Then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we're talking creator, this album, the riffs are fucking great. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> Like any other child, let me 
So we had Dave Davidson. Dave Davidson, great guy, man. Really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, Love Dave, yeah. Very nice of him to call in. Quite a gentleman. You know, that, that's a guy, in doing research, I realized, uh, what what haven't people asked him? You know what I mean? He's been around with Revocation for years now, uh, all these gear questions and tour questions and stuff. So, uh, you know, I appreciate him just being candid with us and giving us the time. I'm sure he's doing a lot more promo now with Gargoyle and the new Revo album. So he's probably worn out from promo from the from the Revo album, you know what I mean? So He's probably one of the busier guys in the metal scene. Yeah, so. man. Yeah, Revocation, man. I, you know, obviously we'd like to get the other guys. Um, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet and get to know uh, Brett and Ash and uh, obviously Dan Gargiulo a little bit, man. All great guys. Uh, shout out to Danny Gargiulo, man. He did help me a little bit, uh, you know, prep for this. Uh, told me to ask him about food. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, good. I said, I said, done, done and done. Best of luck to all the boys supporting the new record, you know, on the road and stuff. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, best of luck to uh, the boys in Revocation and the boys in Gargoyle, man. Good luck with both those ventures. And, um, yeah, uh, so thanks a lot for tuning in uh, to this Heavy Hole podcast here that we do. Um, and thanks a lot to uh, the homie Shane for calling in with the recommendation. Again, that is the ideal format to leave a voicemail. We want it brief. If you spell out the band name, you just let us know what it is. Uh, say, how do you do there? Be friendly. Please and thank you. Uh, you know, it's all good, man. We might even air it for you just like we did for Shane. What's the number? Uh, the number is 631-837-3274. Yeah, man. And while we're at it, we got uh, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram uh, at the Heavy Hole Podcast. We got the Twitter. Heavy Hole Pod. And we got the Facebook, Heavy Hole Podcast. Yeah. Right? What else do we got? Oh, don't we have something else? We got the email. The email. Very popular. The email's wow. been popping off. It's, yeah. the most, it's like you can't, the inbox is so full, you can't even close it. I've been, I've been sending emails since the 90s, guys. I mean, I was ahead of the curve on that. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. we got the heavy hole podcast at gmail.com. Uh, shoot us your, your thoughts, your concerns, your prayers, your loves, anything you want. We don't have a P.O. box, so don't send anything uh, tangible. Yeah, no. And uh, what were those Gargoyle tour dates? Do you remember them? Yeah, those dates are April 3rd at Great Scott, Boston, Massachusetts. April 4th, Milk Boy, Philadelphia. <laughs> Milk Boy. Yeah, Milk Boy. Milk Boy. Uh, April 5th, right here in Brooklyn, New York. At Kingsland, go over there. Yeah, if you are uh, one of the locals. Check out, check out Dave Davidson uh, with his band with members of uh, Iowa, Ayahuasca. If I Ayah- said it right, Ayahuasca. Yeah, man, uh, Gargoyle is the new band, man. And of course, that Revocation album. Uh, if you've been living under a rock somewhere, you don't know about Revocation. The outer ones, beautiful. Uh, and I say this with all due respect and reverence, Tech Death album, in my opinion, man. But it's a beautiful one that I enjoy so much. Agreed. So thank you for listening to the Heavy Hole Podcast. Thank you, Dave Davidson. Thank you, Shane. And uh, thanks to everybody else. Thanks to you two gentlemen, too. Hey, thank you. Thank hey, you. Thanks, thanks for right. being Thank you. Hey. Bye. The white gun.